In the beginning, God separated the sky from the ground, creating land. He then said, let the land sprout with the vegetation, and God saw that it was good. Since this time, God has revealed himself to all of creation on this land. As man walks, plows, and harvests the fields of the earth, a promise between God and man is established. God came down from heaven and announced his presence to mankind, redeemed his creation, and it all started in a field. How about now? Come on, Jesus. There we go. I love technology. So it's good to see every one of you here today. I'm Steve, one of the uh, pastors here at Life Church, and I want you to help me do something this morning. Would you welcome our online campus today? Can we do that together? Now, I know you've greeted each other already, but I would like for you to look at someone to your right or left or someone in front or behind you and just tell them two words. Merry Christmas. Can you do that right now? Now, my, uh, my, my family, my kiddos, they are pretty adamant, especially my daughter, Abby, that we don't say Merry Christmas, we don't turn the Christmas lights on until after Thanksgiving. Have anybody else that's like that? Come on, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. We're, we're pretty adamant about that because we want to celebrate Thanksgiving. We want to be thankful. We want to show God our thanks for, for what he's blessed us with. But, uh, boy, Abby, she really gets frustrated when stores want to open sales up before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever you want to do, Goofy Wednesday, uh, all these different things that people do to try to make money, okay? Now, Giving Tuesday... That's great. We're actually able to give to other people. But uh, she's pretty headstrong about that. I don't mind my kids being headstrong as long as it's for the right reason. Now, when they're not, then sometimes I've always said, well, it's my wife's fault because they're that way. But we know that's not the truth because if people know me, uh, they say, no, that's, that's not the way it goes. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I had an aunt. Well, she was a great aunt. Her name was Doris. And she would watch me when I was pre-K, and, and I loved her, and she was just a part of our family, not just as a great aunt, but really a close person. Uh, she would keep me as a child, take my sister back and forth to school, just do a variety of things. Well, there was a couple of stories uh, that she liked to tell about me. Now, I don't have a picture of her this morning, but uh, Aunt Doris was about as round as she was tall. Uh, I will just say she was a plump woman, okay? Uh, and just funny, just enjoyed her, loved to be around her and her husband. And I, I can remember as a kid going to her farm and my Uncle Pruitt, he, would, he put me on a calf one time and tried to ride it. That didn't go very well. Uh, needless to say, I was on the ground. Thank God I didn't get a broken arm or anything. But, you know, it was just great to be around her. And she would tell a couple stories, and I think later on in life, I would actually laugh more at her because of her plumpness. When she would get really tickled, she'd laugh, her whole belly would jiggle. And it was kind of like Santa Claus, and, you know, I'd forget about the story and just watch her. And she, would get, and she knew she would, that would happen, she would grab her stomach, but it was just fun to be around her because of who she was as a person. 
And uh, I, I can remember these stories. The first one was, uh, I don't know, probably was pre-K, four years old. I can't remember. It's been a long time ago. I'm an old guy. Uh, all I know is that I was on the floor kicking and screaming, throwing a tantrum, okay? Just basically being a brat. And all of a sudden, my, my aunt, my great aunt, she falls to the floor and begins to do the very same thing that I was doing. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, in my best Arkansas vernacular, I jumped up and said, you ain't no kid. And the thought of, hey, only kids are supposed to be able to do that. You can't do that. Well, obviously, I stopped. She knew what to do to take care of me. I quit. Just funny, funny story that I remember as a child. Second one was... Um, probably pre, still pre-K, don't really know, can't remember. But we had to go to a nursing home or, or a you know, retirement center to visit someone. And I had to go with her. So we get to the door of the lady's uh, room where she lived, and, man, I wouldn't go in. I put the heels down. I was pulling away. No, no, I'm not going in that room. And she finally said, Steve, why do you not want to go in there? And I said, because there's a robot in there. And I am not going in that room. I have no idea what I saw. I have, I don't know, being a kid, imagination. And I really believe that uh, we had to leave. I, I don't think we went in the room. I was pretty resolute, pretty adamant about, I'm not going in that room for some reason. That's just being a kid. But uh, being resolute is a pretty cool word. I, we're going to talk about that word here in just a moment. But it kind of uh, correlates to what we're going to talk about this morning in the life of Ruth. We're going to read about that today, and if you've never read the story of Ruth, I encourage you to do that. It's in the Old Testament right after the book of Judges. It's only four chapters, but what a great, great story. We're going to dive into that story today. So if you have your Bible, turn to Ruth chapter number 1, and uh, we're going to look at verses 12 through 18. Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Have you ever felt like that in your life? When circumstances and situations happen, you feel like, God, where are you? That's kind of like where Naomi was. At this point, verse 14 at this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Listen to these last three verses. She says, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, may it ever so severely, even if, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined, resolute to go with her, she stopped urging her. Let's pray. Lord, this morning before we dive in even more to the story of Ruth's life, I believe, God, that you are opening up our heart to receive what you have for us to give, for what you had to give to us today. And I believe, Lord, that you're going to do miracles in hearts and lives this morning. In your name we pray, amen. 
The word resolute basically has great words. And I always love looking at words. I said this last time I preached because I want to understand what that word means because it's able to have a greater comprehension of what it correlates in the, in the story. Well, resolute means to be purposeful, determined, unwavering, adamant, resolved, tenacious, and unshakable. Ruth was all that. We're going to be talking about being resolute for life this morning. You know, we all want life to be as close to perfect as we can get. But in all reality, we can relate at some level with the story of Ruth. Loss happens. Poverty or financial troubles, they're real. Change occurs. Pain is inevitable. You know, bad things happen to good people. Being a student pastor for almost 25 years, there's been time and time again that I've had kids come to me, Pastor C, why does this have to happen in my life? Why did my friend have to commit suicide? Why did my mom and dad have to get divorced? Why do these things have to happen? Sometimes you don't have an answer to those questions. The Word talks about it rains on the just and the unjust. Basically, bad things happen to good people. And you look at the story of Naomi, and all of a sudden, uh, it begins to happen in her life that, wow, she and her husband, Elimelech, they moved to Moab because they didn't have food in Bethlehem where they lived, and they heard there was food there. So her husband, Elimelech, and her and her two sons, they moved there. And then the next thing happens, Elimelech dies. You know, even when life is a struggle, we've got to choose to be resolute for life. I want that to sink in just for a moment this morning. Even when life is a struggle, you and I, we have to choose to be resolute in how we live our life. Ruth did that. And I want you to understand you can do that as well this morning. Matthew 19, 26 says this, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And you can walk through this life being resolute in how you live for Jesus, knowing that that verse is not just for that time, but it's for your life today. Well, as I related just a moment ago, Naomi before Ruth was even in the picture, her and her husband and her two sons, they went to Moab. Elimelech dies, leaving Naomi and her two sons. Sometime later, Naomi's two sons marry two Moabite women, one being Orpah, the other being Ruth. Ten years later, both Naomi's sons die. So everything that she had in a matter of years was taken away from her. Naomi decides to go back home to Bethlehem because she heard the Lord was providing food for his people. So she made a decision to leave and go back. Now they were packing up things, her two daughter-in-laws, and they were making the journey as you read the scriptures. And all of a sudden, as they had just begun the journey, she stops. And she says, look, girls, you need to go back to your gods and your people. 
I'm too old to be married again. I'm too old to have children. And for you to wait for me to have two more sons, just go and start a new life. Well, Orpah chooses to do that. She kisses her mother-in-law goodbye, and she goes back to her people. But Ruth goes with Naomi, which shows me that this, Ruth was resolute for life in her mind. Ruth's mind was made up long before Naomi wanted her, wanted her to stay and not to go. This was an, a quick decision on Ruth's part. I think long before the question even was given to her, she had made up her mind, I'm going where you're going, Naomi, period. Look at verses 16 through 17 again. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. Stop there just for a moment. Most of us, if we are married and we pass away or our spouse passes before us, we're going to be buried where they're buried. But Ruth made a decision, I'm going to be buried where you're buried. I am that committed to you and I staying together as a family. We're going to do this thing together. May the Lord deal with me, may it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. This was the greatest act of love shown to Naomi and the greatest testament of mental fortitude by Ruth in choosing to walk through her situation and not go back to what was known, what was expected or easy. Her past life and starting over. Question, when life happens, what is your mindset? Do you run back to what's easy or what's expected? Or are you resolute for life and move forward even though uncertainty and pain could be a part of your journey? The story continues. Naomi and Ruth enter Bethlehem. Ruth doesn't, doesn't, didn't waste rather any time. She was hungry. Now, I love to eat. There's no doubt about that. Thanksgiving was good to me. I, I made sure that I knocked out as much turkey as I possibly could. But there's moments in our life that we get hangry. Now, you may understand that word. You put hungry and angry together, and you get hangry. And I've heard that terminology. Have you ever been there before? Can you relate to me this morning? There's moments you need a snicker bar. You need that. Come on. I need that because you don't look the same, you don't act the same. You need something in your life, and you get hangry. Now, I don't know if Ruth was at that situation, but what I do know is that she said, we got to have food. So when she entered Bethlehem and with her mother-in-law, Naomi, she made a decision to go find food. You know, in poor situations, it's really easy for us to do that woe is me attitude. Oh, I, I can't do anything for myself. It's just, you know, the world, the world is just all against me. I might as well give up. Ruth did not have that attitude. Ruth told Naomi, I'm going to gather leftover grain in the fields. Because at that moment, if you read the story, it was the time for the barley harvest. They entered just at that moment. 
So Ruth said, I'm going to the fields and I'm going to glean after all the workers and I'm going to find any grain I possibly can because we need something to eat. Well, she ended up in the field owned by Boaz. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him later. You see, her mindset shows me that Ruth was resolute for her life, for life by her attitude. Ruth left her homeland, left her family, and chose to go with Naomi. But this is what Naomi said. If you have your Bible, look back again to chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. This is what Naomi said when she entered into Bethlehem. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived there, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. So Naomi, she's painting this picture. Woe is me. Change my name. I don't want to be known by Naomi. I went away full. I came back empty. I have nothing. And right beside her is her daughter-in-law who made a proclamation just three verses before that where you go, I go. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I'm going to die. And I'm going to be buried. And she's, and she's standing there. Now, I, I don't know what Ruth was feeling. I don't know her thoughts at that moment. All I do know is this, that Ruth had an attitude, no matter what is being said to me, no matter what is being said about me, no matter what the situation, I am going to go get food. Question, what is your attitude when hurtful words are spoken and the unexpected occurs? Do you make lemonade out of lemons? Or do you play the blame game? Some of us would say, you know what, Naomi? If that's the way you feel, that you're all alone and, and nothing what I did matters, then see ya, I'm going back. But Ruth didn't do that. She chose to remain. Ruth chose a resolute for life attitude. She was adamant. She was resolute. She followed her mother-in-law. She didn't allow words to stop her. She didn't even allow the death of her husband to shut her down. This resolute for life attitude was a component of why Ruth was resolute for life by her actions. Ruth stayed with Naomi. She went to gather grain for her and her mother-in-law. Ruth ended up in a field owned by Boaz. Now, if you don't know the story, Boaz was a relative of Elimelech. So they were related. Naomi and Boaz were related by marriage. And of all the fields that Ruth could have gone to, 
I feel like it was a God moment that she got placed in Boaz's field. So as Norm would be, Boaz went to go check on his fields on his workers. You know, they're, they're gathering the barley, they're doing their work. He's checking on them, making sure that they're doing what they need to be doing because that's the livelihood that's going to feed his family. All these things. He went there and he meets Ruth in that field. He tells her to remain in his field for protection. And if she needs water, she can drink from the water the workers brought with them. You know, Ruth didn't understand why she had found favor with this man. But if you read chapter 2, particularly verse number 11, Boaz tells her, it's because of your faithfulness. It's because of your actions that you have portrayed to your mother-in-law, Naomi, that I see you as a great person. Basically, her story was spreading around that city that, look, this girl could have gone back to her people, could have remarried, started a brand new life, but she chose to take care of her mother-in-law. And I believe because of her actions, God placed her in that right field to change her life. So he says, I like you. You're an awesome person. Ruth's story was spreading around the city because of her actions. Is your actions or your faith, is it resolute for life when your world gets rocked? Do you stay faithful to God or do you wish your name was changed like Naomi wanted? Now, there's been moments... I was a pretty mischievous kid. My wife and I have this conversation quite often. That she goes, you know what? You're, our kids, the reason they do certain things is because of you. I'm like, you're probably right. And there have been moments that I wish my name would have been something different than Stephen Donald Borland. Because when that name gets called, I am in trouble. My mom calls me that name, mm, not good. I can remember get chased around the table with a, with a fly swatter or a switch. I can remember those moments. And there's been times I wanted my name changed. Uh, I'm not that kid. That's not me. And I can imagine in your life there's moments to where, you know what? I just wish things were different. I just wish that maybe I was a different person. Boy, if I would just win Publishers Clearinghouse, my life would be different. I could buy any Christmas gift I wanted, blah, blah, blah. You know, we let the imagination go on and on. And I, I can think in Naomi's life that she's thinking, you know what? If I, my husband wouldn't have died, my sons would have died, I'd be a different place right now. Are we resolute for life when our world gets rocked? Ruth's actions, her faithfulness, were rewarded even more when Boaz told his workers to purposefully drop more stalks of grain so she and Naomi could have more to eat. Now, if you know anything about that time when they gathered, it was customary if a worker dropped a stalk of grain by accident that they were not allowed to pick it back up. Don't do it. Leave it there. 
So Boaz says, look, I want you to purposefully drop grain behind you. Don't get angry when Ruth picks this up because I want to take care of her. What an awesome God. And I believe today that there's going to be moments in your life when tough situations happen and you remain faithful to God in your actions, that he's going to drop handfuls of purpose in your life. At that moment when you don't think that, man, life could go on, you get a phone call and somebody lifts your spirits. Or God does something a little different that changes your whole perspective on life. I kind of feel like that's what was happening in Ruth's life right there. When we stay faithful to God and his plan, he will provide or he will drop what we need in our life along the way. These resolute for life actions or faithfulness, you could say, brought about why? Ruth was resolute for life in her outcome. Ruth returned to Naomi and told her the news. Naomi told Ruth who Boaz was. He was her kinsman redeemer. We don't hear that word nowadays. It's not a common thing to say. During this time, women could not own property and had limited rights to defend themselves. They needed a son to take care of them if the husband had passed away. Naomi had neither. She needed a miracle. She needed a kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer had the right to purchase a relative's property to keep it in the family. Naomi told Ruth to meet Boaz at the threshing floor. Now, if you don't know what a threshing floor is, basically that's where they bring the stalks of grain in and they separate. They get the grain, they throw the stalks away, and they begin to produce what they need to make food, to make bread or whatever it may be that they're going to do with that. Naomi pretty much explained to Ruth, look, this, but Boaz is a relative, he's a kinsman redeemer. I want you to go connect with him. So that's what Ruth did. Ruth obeys her mother-in-law. She meets Boaz. He explains, uh, uh, basically, Boaz begins to connect with her at that place. He says, because of your faithfulness, because of your generosity, I want to bless your life. And he even gives her more grain at that moment. I honestly feel like this morning, church, that because of Ruth's mindset, her attitude, and her actions, it produced the outcome that God had for her life. Now the story goes on, and, and Boaz begins to explain to Ruth, look, there's another kinsman redeemer that has more right than I do at this moment. So there was somebody a, a little further up in the line than he was. He said, but look, if he chooses not to redeem, then I'm going to do that. So he meets with the man. And this is what the man said to him. He said, the, fir the first in line, Kinsman Redeemer passed on the opportunity because it was going to cause a problem for his own estate. Ultimately, he was not willing to fully commit to responsibilities that was his. It was too great a task. It was going to inconvenience him at too great a price. And so Boaz redeemed the land and he married Ruth. Elimelech's name and his two sons' names will remain on that land and they will not be removed from the town's records. 
because Ruth chose to be a resolute for life person, she was recognized, and the scriptures declare this, she was recognized as being better to Naomi than seven sons. Boaz and Ruth had a son, Obed. Obed was the grandfather of King David, which was in the lineage of Jesus. Last question. Will you choose the outcome that God has planned for you? It will only happen when you are resolute for life in your mind, in your attitude, and in your actions. You know, this story is a portrayal of what Christ did for you, he did for me. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. We cannot purchase our way to heaven. Jesus paid the price for our salvation and for our healing. It may seem that everything is against you, but today is your day for salvation. Church, I want to understand today is your day for healing. Today is your day for victory. You didn't just show up to this service by chance. There's a reason why you're here. There's a purpose that God wants to see established in your life this morning. Satan wants you to fail. People are going to be against you. Even the holidays. Some of you in this place, you relate holidays to sad times. And God's wanting to give you victory over that. I believe God wants you to experience his victory just like Ruth experienced in that field. 